Welcome back to Held and Healed. This podcast is a resource filled with resources to help you on your healing journey, especially for women who are rebuilding their lives after abuse. Today, I am very excited to have my friend Rebecca back on with us. She did an episode with us earlier in the year and recently released the third of her Untwisting Scriptures book. So welcome back, Rebecca Davis. Hi, Heather. Thank you so much for having me. Tell me what the official title of your book is, because I have it on the Kindle and I don't have it in my hand. (laughs) Every book has the same title, Untwisting Scriptures that were used to tie you up, gag you, and tangle your mind. And all of them have, they all have different subtitles, of course. All right. The subtitle of book three is? Your Words, Your Emotions. Okay. This one is they're all amazing. They're all amazing. Um, But today, after we do a little bit of chatting together, we're going to discuss the first five chapters because there's so much power in those first five that I don't want to try to cram the whole book and miss something. So we'll do the first five chapters today and then we'll come back later. So one thing I want to say about Rebecca as a means of introduction is she did not necessarily walk the road of all the different forms of abuse that so many of us have. But she has a very strong heart and passion, compassion, empathy for those who have been horrifically abused. So someone recently was saying to me that she didn't feel that she could really minister to people because she hadn't walked that path. So I just wanted to kind of talk and speak to that a little bit this morning um, because you very clearly do an amazing thing for people who have been abused, whether it is spiritually abused, sexually abused, childhood abuse, domestic violence in their adult years. Um, Just speak to that person who feels like she can't minister to somebody just because she didn't walk the path they walked. Well, that's a really good question. And, And this is the kind of person I am passionate to reach with the message of the importance of being a compassionate witness for those who have gone through all kinds of abuse. The compassionate witness or empathetic witness that I envision is someone who didn't necessarily walk the road. Mm -hmm. So they don't really understand it, Mm -hmm. but they're willing to learn. And this was me starting in 2006 with a friend who had come out of um, an extremely domestically abusive marriage and with a man who was an elder in his church. This was a very, very new experience to me. And after some time had gone by and I realized it was, or I came to find out that it was not an unusual thing at all. I thought, where have I been all my life? How did Mm. I not know about this? How was this so hidden from me? Yeah. So it was very, very disturbing to find out that I was in my 50s, not having known that this was a thing at all. Mm. So the whole, I knew when I came into this relationship with this woman, that I was a complete neophyte. I knew nothing. I knew absolutely nothing. Mm. And in that place, from that place of, I almost want to say humility, but it was 
it was not like, oh, I'm going to be humble. It was like, I know I don't know anything. Wow. And, no, but and, that, that is, that's a really good place to get, get to. And there weren't the resources out there. Right. Like there are now. This was 2006. So that's yeah. like, that's 15 years ago. And so I, she told me later the whole first year of our relationship, I said hardly anything. And I said, well, I was listening. And that was the way I was learning. So for somebody who hasn't been through it, if you can sit there and listen mm. and receive it without turning away, without trying to immediately fix it, mm -hmm. then you are doing an incredibly important service. Absolutely. If you're say, if you're, if all you're able to say is something like, wow, that must've been really hard. Mm -hmm. I mean, that right there is so important yeah if you don't have anything else if you can say something like that that is important and i'll, I'll sidetrack just a tiny bit here to say i was on the phone with customer service with an internet service provider recently and i'm sure many listeners can relate to how very <laughs> frustrating that can be but i got a woman who said to me yeah i know that must be really hard mm. or oh that's really that really stinks Mm -hmm. And I thought, I thought, oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, I know, I know from my own personal experience that that's just a good thing to say. It and is. It it's so doesn't necessarily fix my internet right. service provider problem, right. but I'm thank you for understanding me. <laughs> right. It's, it's, yeah. It's a form of validation and instead of just yes. saying, get over it and you have no right to feel the way you feel. Or, or to just, you know, for very well-meaning yes. people to say, you know, when you just start trusting God more, or if you just oh. memorize these verses, memorize mm -hmm. these verses and really meditate on them. And I'm sure that your mindset will change, you know, think, things that people can say in a well-meaning way. Right. that are, are just harmful. They don't yeah. help the situation. So anyway, sure. with that friend, I listened and I went through her um, church counseling with her and that was extremely educational and in a not good way, but still mm. very, very educational. Mm. And so if, if you're willing to step into this role of helping people, and, and for me, it was like I was thrust into it. It wasn't by choice. It was, I was thrust into it, but I was willing. If you're willing, the Lord will make a way. Just keep looking to the Lord and, and he'll get you the resources. The first thing she put in my hands was Lenny Bancroft's. Why does he do that? Mm -hmm. She discovered that book a year later. And she said, if you read this, you'll, it will be like having been in our home. You'll understand what it was like to be in our home. Wow. And so that was the first resource. That was 2007. And after that, of course, bit by bit there came to be many more resources yeah there there are and I'm just sitting here thinking I would have loved a friend like you in 2006 mm. <laughs> you know I needed a friend like you in 2006 and that's that's what <laughs> is so needed in our churches and that's what I saw and I saw various two or three different people said to me when I got involved in their lives said why are you doing this why do you care about me and I was so puzzled by that question because I said, I just, this is Christianity. You know, this is like what the Christian life is. It's yeah. like that question didn't even compute to me. Why yeah. should one person care about another person? 
That's Christianity. That That is. That's exactly what it is. And I just I want to say to my friend who I'm going to share this with later, I'm not going to say her name or call her out, but I want to say to her, you're doing all those things. I have watched this friend um, offer care, compassion, ask, how may I help you? And I, I've seen her like be the the hands, the feet, the heart of Jesus in so many situations. And so speaking to her and other people who are in her shoes that you don't have to go through every single thing that a survivor has to go through in order to love her, to care for her, to look her in the eye and say, I believe you is priceless because so many, um, so many people who have endured what we've endured, nobody believes them mm-hmm. and people try to talk them out of and gaslight them. Mm-hmm. And the other person I'd love to speak to is if you are listening to this and you happen to be like Rebecca, where you have never experienced this reality and you have trouble even wrapping your mind around spiritual abuse and Maybe you have been very cloaked and covered in your church experience, or maybe not. Maybe you just think you are. <laughs> um, do not discount those who have these stories. And that's, that's something I see sometimes in the groups that I'm a part of is when we speak out against spiritual abuse, there's almost always that person that's like, don't bash the church and not all churches. And we're, we're not saying all churches. Right. <laughs> We're saying many churches, we're saying this is a rampant problem, but don't just because you haven't had that experience, don't come and discredit and discount the person who has had these horrible, horrible experiences. Spend some time listening. Yes. Spend time listening before you say a word. Yes. Spend a lot of time listening. And I want to say one more thing to the person who feels like she may be inadequate to take on a ministry like this one. If the Lord calls you to it, he will supply. And mm. when that voice comes and says, who do you think you are? Yes. Just say, I'm not receiving that. I'm not Amen. receiving that voice. I'm a child of God. This is where God has called me. Amen. Amen. And he will lead me and provide for me every step of the way. Yes, absolutely. And there is an amazing variety and just all kinds of resources that are available. There, it's it's limitless. It's, I just ordered. It's four almost more overwhelming books. now. I just ordered four <laughs> more books on Amazon this morning. I ordered the actual paperback of your book because I need it in my hands, especially when I'm doing a podcast. And I ordered another copy of Sheila Ray Gregoire's book because mm-hmm. I recently gave the Great Sex Rescue away, so I had to get another copy for myself. And I ordered um, another book about spiritual abuse, and I ordered the Safe People book um, by Cloud McCloud. Um, it is yeah. fascinating how it, the mar- this uh, niche in the market has exploded since <laughs> 2006. So needed. When I was walking with my friend, so utterly and completely needed, and we are grateful. And while we're on the topic, let me go ahead and say Rebecca is going to be part of the first annual Safer Spaces Summit that is going to be held on March 25th and 26th of 2022. And this is something that I will be hosting. And I have invited Rebecca along with a host of other amazing advocates, authors, speakers, survivors. And we are going to put together a summit to help people helpers, spiritual leaders, anyone who wants to understand the dynamics of abuse, the reality of abuse, and then be offered solutions for how to implement and address the 
the abuser within your, your community. And so I will link the uh, registration to that. It will be two days, like 12 hours of content. You'll have vault access afterwards. And Rebecca is one of our guests. So I am so looking forward to that. Just putting together some of my favorite, most trusted uh, resources, um, people that I have followed for, you know, a year and a half, two years. And I really feel confident about sharing them with my people. So sounds exciting. It is going to be, it's going to be wonderful. So thank you for being a part. All right. So now we're going to shift to the book and it was just released. Was it last month? Is that right? Yes. November. Okay. So I am really excited to um, just touch on um, the first five chapters. There's so many gems. I did write down um, the synopsis at the end of each chapter. So I would at least have that in front of me. Um, so let's start with chapter one and just share just some of your high points and some of the points that you want people to really um, hold on to regarding gossip. Okay. First of all, I'm going to give just a little brief overview of the book. It It's called, um, subtitled, Your Words, Your Emotions. So the book is in two parts. The first half is your words, and the second half is your emotions. So the chapter titles in the first half address chapter one, as you were talking about gossip, part of the problem or part of the solution. Chapter two, keep quiet if someone offends me. Chapter three, don't tear down, just build up with gracious words. Chapter four, speak no evil, slander in the tongue you don't hear about in church. Chapter five, thou shalt not bear false witness, reputation versus character. Chapter six, oh, those renegade bloggers. And chapter seven, (laughs) why are you so negative? A response to positive people. So the first seven chapters are about your words. And this book right now is... $2.99 $2.99 on Kindle and, we're, and it's a full book. It's not some little pamphlet. Oh, it's, it's, it's a full book. Yes, it's ma'am. 222 pages and you can get it for $2.99 on Kindle, which wow. is like a pretty decent price. It's but absolutely- chapter one, gossip. If you have heard that the definition of gossip is talking to someone who is not part of the problem or part of the solution, then you are the person I'm writing this chapter for Mm. because that's a pretty common definition of gossip these days. As far as I could tell, Bill Gothard of the um, basic life principles and advanced training Institute is the one who started that definition. I could be wrong. It could have started earlier than him, but that's what I thought I found. And then others, many others have picked it up and used it this Mm. definition of gossip don't talk to anyone unless that person is part of the problem or part of the solution if you do you're gossiping so i take that and like i don't know i spend about 30 pages tearing it apart and putting it back together 20 pages and showing how we all need to be part of the solution for every problem as a Christian community, this is written for Christians. Mm. And if we don't, then we're all part of the problem. So that can't really be what gossip is about. Gossip doesn't really eliminate anyone. (laughs) That's exactly right. Wow. If if my friend in 2006 Mm -hmm. 
if I, because mm-hmm. it was a mutual friend who connected us and the mutual friend said, I want to ask you to help a woman in your city. The, the mutual friend was in a different state. Uh, this woman has had to leave her husband. And I said, I'm not sure I want to help a woman who's left her husband. What's going on? So you can see how utterly clueless I was. And I was truly utterly clueless. So she explained to me some of the abuse that was happening. She didn't know a lot, but she knew enough to convince me that something was really wrong and I needed to take some action. And so if I had said, I'm sorry, you're not part of the problem and you're not part of the solution and neither am I, we're just gossiping. So we need to stop talking right now. Then this woman, I wouldn't have been able to be in this woman's life to help her. And she needed a lot of help in many different ways. As you know, when you come out of abuse with a large family, you need financial help, you need childcare help, you need housing help. Um, so, so many different things, help adjusting, adjusting to life in the, um, normal world Mm. and uh so many things and if i had said not getting involved because this is gossip then this would be like the opposite of what the lord jesus christ calls us to do Mm -hmm. so in this chapter about gossip i show what the bible says about gossip and what the dictionary says about gossip I generally use the Oxford English Dictionary because it's a pretty highly accepted standard and I can look at what words have meant through the ages, like all the way back to the first uses of the word and show what gossip really means and how, yes, of course, that's wrong. It it indicates idleness. It indicates uh, you're not going to keep confidences and it indicates a desire to be the person who's in the know and spread news that you can talk about without actually wanting to help anyone. All those things are gossip. Gossip's wrong. Mm. Of my dearest friends have been subject to genuine gossip after they were told not to gossip. You get what I'm saying? Right. Oh yes. You you come to the, to the pastor or to someone in the church for help. They accuse you of gossiping. I mean, we're talking about help about, from your abusive husband or your abusive parents um, or your, you know, some other abusive person, abusive wife sometimes. And you're told not to gossip. And then ultimately, as time goes by, you eventually have to leave the church because you find that the abuser is being supported. You're not being supported. And then you are gossiped about. Mm -hmm. And that's genuine gossip in the sense that people do it idly. They do it with no desire to help. They do it with uh, just a desire to spread uh, so-called news and not not be involved in any way, in any way that's Christ-like. One of the things that I um, take to task here is the common saying that you hear that people gossip through prayer requests. Hmm. And I thought, I'm not convinced of that because I think sometimes prayer requests rather than being gossip in disguise or a cry for help in cry disguise. For help. Exactly. Yes. So um, I presented that as a possibility. Now, sure, of course, maybe people can gossip through prayer requests, yeah. but if they are asking for prayer, then they are asking for help. Absolutely. And other people, one time when a woman requested prayer about something disturbing, I went to her afterwards 
about it. And this was even years before my 2006 epiphany. Mm. Uh, and she was so surprised that I wanted to actually talk to her about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I said, well, you know, um, I wanted to see how it's going and what what's happening with it and so forth. So when people make a prayer request, we should assume they actually are asking us to pray and that the situation they're talking about really does need the Lord's help and possibly our help as the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. So all of that is addressed in the chapter called Gossip. And my conclusion there is we should all be part of the solution. Absolutely. And I think it would be safe to say when you're made aware of these situations, if you're not part of the solution, you become part of the problem. Yes, I do say that in that chapter. Silence (laughs) is agreement. Silence is agreement. And there is no neutrality when it comes to abuse. You cannot remain neutral because so doing, you're always going to be siding with the abuser. That's right. the, the The other point we really want people to understand is that sharing your story with what you think is a safe person is not gossip. It's sharing your story with a safe person, usually as an attempt to get help and to find healing. So not, not gossip. All right. Chapter two, keep quiet. If someone offends me and here are some of the key points, certain offenses need to be spoken about to someone other than God, abusive, um, Relationships need to be divided, and then you c- tackle the whole topic of love covering all. Love covering all offenses. Yes. yes, and certain offenses need to be spoken about to someone other than God. That matches with what you were just saying about mm-hmm. gossip. Instead of, and I know, I know it can be tricky. You are in the position, you meaning the general Christian, but you as a Christian, are in a position to hear something about someone else. If you're trying to be a good Christian, you might immediately think, wait a minute, this is gossip. I shouldn't be listening to this. But instead, it is so important to put this through a filter to say, is this really gossip? Is this being done idly? If I listen to this offense, you are offended in some way. Is it really right for me to just say you're in sin because you're offended? Well, no, mm. obviously not. Instead, we work through what what does it mean to be offended? If you're offended by, um, let's say you're offended by someone making racist jokes. Mm-hmm. I was talking with someone just the other day about that. She was deeply offended by this and mm-hmm. was trying to figure out how to establish boundaries with this person who constantly made racist jokes so we were having that conversation and that kind of offense is an appropriate offense that's right if someone's offended i don't know i can't even right now think of something that is something you shouldn't be offended about although i i'm sure there are many of those but so much of what i deal with is really serious stuff So as a Christian, have a tender heart, as a Christian who hasn't been through abuse, have a tender heart to listen and receive what the other person is saying. Go to the Lord and ask the Lord, was that really gossip or was that what Rebecca's talking about in her Untwisting Scriptures book that is something I should receive as a compassionate witness? Mm. So this, this chapter, chapter two, was motivated by a post on Facebook by a group, 89,000 shares on wow. 
and it was just so inappropriate that I needed to write about it mm. that we're just not supposed to be offended we're only supposed to talk to God about our offenses. And so one of the things I did was, was sort out like, what kind of offense is it? Is it something very minor, like smacking when he eats? All right, that was the example I used. Hmm. Or is it something major like um, childhood sexual abuse? You know, right. we've got to be able to distinguish what kind of offense are we talking about? And I do tackle that scripture, love covers all offenses. Wow. So I will let people buy the book so they can see uh, what I say about that. Absolutely. Yeah, we gotta <laughs> we just we just want to give some teasers here. Yes. Um and chapter three is um titled Don't Tear Down, just build up with gracious words, which your titles are mostly like things that you are um coming to debunk, you know. Yes. You're not saying don't tear down just I should have yeah. <laughs> Usually when I'm debunking them, I put them in quotation marks. Right. I, I, I failed to do that one. Yes, we are just we're here to clarify that. Rebecca does not agree with the titles of her books. <laughs> okay. I mean, with the uh, chapters and you're talking about looking at the context and the meaning, the word meaning to have true understanding of what, what words mean. Gracious speech is speech that's empowered by the Holy spirit, like Jesus. And then you talk about speech that is seasoned with salt, not simply pleasant speech, but is speech that will bring out nuances of truth as salt brings out the nuances of flavor. I love that. That just makes so much sense to me. And then the purpose of our speech as Christians is not simply to be inoffensive, but to be profitable to the hearer. So every chapter is loaded with so many gems and you do these little synopsis. What's the plural of synopsis? Synopses. <laughs> you do these little synopses at the end of each chapter, <laughs> which just sums up so beautifully what you expound and expand upon. So just tell me some more little gems from chapter three. Sure. This chapter was prompted because an abuse survivor wrote to me and she had gone to a Christian counselor who, who it turned out was a Nuthetic counselor. Nuthetic counseling is a count, type of counseling that teaches basically that every problem you have is because of your own sin. Hmm. And so it can be an extremely damaging type of counseling. Yes. So she had been told by her Nuthetic counselor that she shouldn't be talking about her abuse because 1 Thessalonians 5.11 says... Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up, just mm. as you are doing. Mm. And so we're not just supposed to talk negative. We're supposed to talk positive. And back when she wrote that to me, I, it was in the fairly early days of my speaking out. And I just was shaking my head thinking, man, they'll just use anything to get people to shut up. It's crazy. Mm. So this, is, this was prompted by that. But the book I used to critique is a book called Keep It Shut. It's about <laughs> your mouth by Karen Emmon. And the, one of the quotes in there was, our mamas were right. If we can't say something nice, we mm. shouldn't say anything at all. Mm. When we do speak, we can choose to be gracious rather than accusatory or negative. And I thought, okay, she uh, does say keep it shut. She The picture on the front of her book is a mouth with a zipper on it. Um. And this, this will be devastating to people who are in abusive situations. Mm. So the quotes, when I quote a bad, what, what I consider to be bad quotes, I put them in gray boxes. Initially, back before my first Untwisting Scriptures book, I didn't have them in gray boxes. And 
and some of the readers got confused about whether I was promoting these teachings or not. So to set them apart as the stuff I'm not promoting but critiquing, I mm. put them in these gray boxes. Mm. So that is one of the things that author said, and I wanted to really come down on what does gracious speech really mean? Mm -hmm. Does it really mean just speak sweet like some people in abusive situations have said? That's all I'm allowed to do is speak sweet. Well, you can't speak sweetly about vile things. There's nothing sweet about abuse. So that means you're not allowed to speak about them in those cultures. Yeah. You do not speak about them because you can't say something nice. Well, we're here to which say means, that that is yeah. not the heart of God the Father. Exactly, so. <laughs> which means that abuse continues and abuse yes. thrives in those environments. Yes, it does. Indeed. So it's like a, a gangrenous wound and the scab needs to be ripped off and the infection needs to be dug out. Mm. Wow. So that's chapter three. And then we go into, oh, I just love so much the way you define and you help to break down chapter four, the speak no evil chapter, slander and the tongue you don't hear about in church. The difference between speaking evil, and that's in air quotes, and speaking about evil. Ooh, 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 what a difference that is. So you define speaking evil as reviling, uttering reproaches, scoffing, using insolent, reproachful language, and then slander, the lies told with malicious intent. The people of God should keep far from these types of speech. You, We agree. We agree with about that. The people of God should speak the truth in love, exposing sin while praying for enemies and calling them to repentance. So I go back to, because that's the thing that jumped out to me, is the difference between speaking evil and speaking about evil. Mm -hmm. So Yes. Yes. So this book is called Untwisting Scriptures, all these books. And so the books are full of scripture. And what I'm doing is showing, for one thing, the verses that have been used against people, against abuse survivors, and explaining what they really mean. And then showing many other verses to explain the truth about what God says and, and each of the books, or actually I can't remember about the other books, but this one for sure has a scripture index. So you can go back and in book three and look at the scripture index in the back and look up any of the scriptures that have been used against you regarding your words or your emotions. And hopefully they will be in this book somewhere. But this chapter has quite a few scriptures in it about what speaking evil really is and things like your tongue plots destruction like a sharp razor you worker of deceit <clears throat> you love all words that devour mm -hmm. oh deceitful tongue mm -hmm. so we can go through and look at what god says about speaking evil what speaking evil really is and see how very very different it, it is than either trying to get help in an abusive situation, trying to process and understand an abusive situation. Those things are not speaking evil. And then of course, there is a section at the end about how Christians should be using their tongues. I don't want, I would never ever want anything I write about how abuse survivors need to speak out to then be like an open door for us to say, uh, for us to end up doing the very things 
God condemns, like right. reviling. Right. It, it doesn't mean it's okay for us to say anything. We still aren't to revile. We still aren't to gossip. We just need to know what those things really mean. What they, Yeah, what they really mean versus what we've been led to believe they mean, which keeps us in silence. Right. Mm. And it is very hard after you've been a part of that culture for so long. I still look over my shoulder so often thinking, who's going to come get me? Who's going to come get me? And then I'm like, wait a minute. They aren't God. <laughs> And yes, I yes. speak generally against spiritual abuse. I have not publicly named any person or any institution. I am not choosing to do that at this point. Um, and so I'm speaking in general terms. And if someone feels like conviction, then that's between them and God. Well, one thing I do is I do name people. Well, and, and, and that's okay. I know okay. that makes some people uncomfortable. Not saying oh, that no, it makes that, you uncomfortable, I'm, but I know it makes some people uncomfortable. This is, this is just for me right now to protect my sanity and to not have to deal with the backlash of people in my own community. That, oh, that it's just, it's just for my own, like, I totally get it. Yeah, so some I'm not people, saying I never will, but <laughs> some people have come to me and said they yes. appreciate. Yes. They appreciate that I actually name people because it helps them get a get a uh, grip on where these teachings come from, and what um, what they've been exposed to in their abusive environment. So uh, it's not like just well, this person is bad and that person is bad. I'm quoting what these people say. Right, I'm right. Quoting what they teach, right. and then showing how this teaching is is wrong according to the scriptures. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I do like believe profoundly that when something is public, like you were talking about the post that was shared over and over, I think those things that are public do need to be confronted publicly. And yes. yes. And some of the people whose quotes end up in gray boxes in my book, I wouldn't say that all their teachings are bad. Sure. Sometimes they have some good teachings, but sure. I'm just saying this one particular teaching is damaging. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Good, good, good stuff. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm not saying that at some point I won't, but at this point in my life, I just <laughs> want to protect the peace around me. Oh, and, very, very understandable. And yes. not go poke the bear, so to speak, you know, absolutely. And I yes. live in a very small, a very small town. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. okay. Chapter five is I actually made a meme or a quote um, poster out of one of your quotes from this because it was so profound. I'm just going to skip to that right now. It is right for a person's reputation to match with his character. If a person's character is wicked, then his reputation does not deserve to be protected. So this chapter is all about thou shalt not bear false witness, the reputation versus character. I love love, love, how you put such clarity. If their reputation is evil, if their, if their character is evil, then their reputation should be evil. We need to stop protecting evil people by not talking about what they're doing behind closed doors. So some other points, the ninth commandment is about speaking or writing lies about other people. It's not referring to those who speak truth or to those who listen to what others are saying. So there's a distinction there. We're talking about mm -hmm. lying, lying versus truth. It is not bearing false witness to listen to exposure of harmful behavior of respected leaders. And then in a world that values free speech, adults should be able to listen to those who speak. 
both positively, quote unquote, and negatively, quote unquote, in order to do their own research and draw their own conclusions. And I think the most, one of the most common or in your face examples we have of this right now is the whole Robbie Zacharias situation. And how many people are still going down fighting saying that he did so much good? <laughs> and I'm yes. like, his character was evil and vile and you still want to protect this reputation. And there is evidence, so much evidence that cannot even be refuted at this point. There is, there's no argument that he didn't do these things at this point. Yes. Robbie Zacharias, the Robbie Zacharias story, as well as the stories of other uh, Christian leaders who have uh, done wrong are footnoted. This book has a lot of footnotes. So okay. I do reference many of these stories in this book as examples of the kinds of things that need to be exposed. Light needs to be shown on them. Right. It's not, it's not the same as walking in on a person who's in the shower. It's not that kind of exposure. Mm. We're talking about shining the light in the dark corners mm. where evil is taking place. Mm. That's what we're talking about. That does not take away from God's character. That, that helps people understand the heart of God. Yes. And for a long time, an atheist was the only person exposing Rabbi Zacharias. Wow. So... So people might say, non, non-Christians, people from outside the world of Christianity might say, okay, why are you Christians protecting a man who right. has done wrong? Right. What's going on with your Christianity? Mm. And so it's right to, to bring, light, bring light to these situations mm. as and, hard as it is. And protecting the cause of Christ and the gospel and the true character of who God is, is speaking against evil. And yes. exposing evil. And I love um, Jimmy Hinton's stand is he says that, you know, many churches will shun the victims while embracing and, and welcoming the the abusers and their church takes the opposite stance. Yes. And they yes. welcome the victims. They believe the victims. They validate the victims. They give them support. And then they tell the wolves they're not welcome to come in. Wonderful. Yes. And, that, and that's the way every church should be. That is so uncommon and it, it means it, it follows biblical protocol and, and yet it's so uncommon. So why don't you, I did not write down the um, synopsis from chapter six or seven, but why don't you go ahead and touch on the high points? So this episode will be all about the words and the next time we get together, we'll talk about the emotions. Sure. Uh, chapter six is called, Oh, Those Renegade Bloggers. <laughs> it's because... <laughs> This cracks me up. I, I watched some of this unfold online. So yeah, <laughs> it's because there was this, oh, it was just too good to ignore. I mean, oh, good, wow. in, good in quotation marks, <laughs> yes. this, this um, denigration mm. of what they call, um, uh, what's the word for the bloggers who expose people? I don't know. I, I've lost the word right now, but Watch bloggers, I think I think they're called, or uh, <laughs> like watch dogs. Watch yes, dogs. <laughs> yes, the bloggers who who expose wow. people. And he said things like he, the author of the article I'm critiquing in this chapter, he says like feeding fresh bloody fish to a group of swarming sharks. The frenzy <laughs> ensues as web links are made, and a new viral news article is born at the great expense of the character of a Christian leader, as well as the testimony of Christ. The mm. very stuff you're talking about. 
And the untwisted truth from that script, that chapter is, the testimony of Christ will not suffer if we speak of the wrongdoing of evildoers in the church. Right. And the mercy that we show must be for the ones who have been harmed yes. rather than for the ones who've been doing the harming. Now, not to say that mercy can't be shown to the ones who are doing the harming. You know, if there's repentance, there's mercy. But, but in general, he, the author, makes it very clear that when people speak out about their abuse, especially by a respected leader, mm. that they should be ignored. Mm. They should be ignored without question. Not that he actually says that, but that is for sure the conclusion of his article. Mm. So I had several quotes from that article and then scriptures such as James 2, 12 through 13. So speak and so act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty for judgment is without mercy to one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. With renegade bloggers, it was for the sake of mercy that we be speaking. I don't consider myself one of the watch bloggers because I'm, I don't expose the abuses. I will maybe follow up on sure, sure. A, a preacher who's been exposed and then maybe look at his teachings and talk about those. But anyway, I was speaking out for several friends of mine who do this very thing. And you did, you did that. Was it last week? Or I guess it's been close to two weeks ago where that pastor, and I use that quote marks around that one, because I would rather say monster that was promoting marital rape from the pulpit. Right. So you're yeah. not necessarily the person who's going out trying to find and sniff out these things. But when it's brought to your attention, you did a really good job of writing and just addressing that. Specific yeah. I never just find those things. People send them to me. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, sometimes I'll write about them on my blog. Sometimes I'll just write about them to the person. Yeah. If I feel like they'll be of benefit to the larger Christian world, then I will blog about them. And the thing that was so dangerous about him is he came out and he said what he said, but so many people believe it, even if they don't say it. And so exposing the mindsets of, you know, these church cultures that believe that a woman's body belongs to her husband and he can take whatever he wants, whenever he wants, like the world, the secular world is like, that's absurd, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and, and it, in, yes. churches, in churches, that's what we're taught. And other people that are quote unquote worldly have more, you know, more ethics and more honor and more value placed on the human being than people within the church, which is really sad. Really yes, sad. and it ends up so. I mean, well, I could talk a lot about that, but we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about the book. Yeah, we're we're talking so, about exposing people who are saying things that are not not. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I could start um, ranting about that particular situation. <laughs> that is a completely different episode. I will really restrain myself. Yes, uh, yeah, exactly. So okay, chapter so was, seven. Cha yes, chapter seven. Chapter yes. seven is called "Why Are You So Negative." a response to quote-unquote positive people. <laughs> and once again, this was another one. A woman came to me in over Facebook Messenger saying, would you help me with this? Our past, My pastor is constantly preaching about how people are too negative and they need to be more positive. It's a similar spin to all these other things. So it's a little surprising that I could come up with one more entire chapter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> When it's kind of similar, it's one more way to keep people mm -hmm. shut up from talking about anything bad. 
do not talk about what's going on in the dark corners where there's no light. Mm. Do not talk about that. Just talk about positive things. Talk, talk about daisies and sunshine and oh. rainbows and unicorns. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so this was an interesting one because I put the question up on my Facebook page. I said, so I want to hear what, what you all have to say about positivity and negativity. And it was a huge conversation that got going. And I ended up quoting from several of the people who commented there. And, and the Lord helped me to see, get some clarity through all the comments, because there's nothing about positive or negative in the Bible, like zero. Mm. So you can't go to the Bible to see what does God say about being positive? What does God say about being negative? Nothing. It's not in there. This is a totally extra biblical teaching. Mm. And so I saw that there are four kinds of negativity. So I have a little chart in my book about what's helpful, what's harmful, because some negativity is helpful. And what is in regards to yourself and what is in regards to others. And there was only one kind of the four that I would call toxic. And toxic is in the Bible, if you consider that it's the same thing as poison, because the Bible has a lot to say about poisonous speech mm-hmm. and uh, poisonous, poisonous words that are shot like arrows, things like that, that the toxic negativity, the only kind of toxic negativity is poisonous words intended to harm or shaming and blaming those who have been harmed. And the other kinds might be harmful. I mean, doubting isn't helpful. Fearing isn't helpful. And complaining isn't helpful. But all of those are not like toxic. There are things that need to be worked through. And often really, they're the same thing as grief, or they're part of result of grief, a result of PTSD that hasn't been worked through moral injury that hasn't been worked through. And so a wise Christian will be able to listen and sort these things out as they're listening to someone who is speaking negatively. The helpful kind of negativity is grieving, processing loss and trauma, asking for help regarding an unsaved person, advocating for someone else, pointing out wickedness and facilitation of wickedness. All of those might be considered negative, but they are all extremely positive things. Mm, Yes, because the result is the, the desired result is healing and rest, yes. restoration and, for the, the person who was hurt, not necessarily yes. for the relationship. And getting the these toxic yes. uh, people out of the congregation, which the Lord commands. He commands it. He commands yes. it. He says, don't even eat with them. I mean, yes. that's, that's pretty clear. Like, don't even sit down at McDonald's and have a toxic burger with a toxic person. There you go. <laughs> don't even do that. That sounds like a meme. I'm going to work on that. Yeah. Like, that's, that's, that's what God <coughs> says. And yet we're like, oh, no, abusers are welcome here. I recently, right. like, dealt right. with a situation with a church, and I was told, clearly the abuser and the abused are welcome here. And I'm like, it sounds so cutesy and it sounds so nice until you realize it's completely unbiblical. Sounds ignorant and dangerous. It does to me, now, actually. This was like this was like a year and a half ago and I just didn't have the understanding and the clarity that I do now. 
And yes. I, mean, I know something in my spirit was like, nee, I don't like that. That didn't feel right because I don't want that person here. But now so one, one of the first things I would think upon hearing something like that is, are the pastors abusers? I'm going to well, have to assume that some would, one yes. or more of the pastors is an abuser. And because yes. otherwise, why would they say that? And things are being shaken and things are being revealed. And the answer to that question is yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, you know, I didn't know what I didn't know at the time. Um, and now, again, that's why I'm so passionate about helping, helping churches to understand and to recognize and to just have their eyes wide open. Now, what people choose to do once they have that knowledge, you know, there's going to be a variety of responses to that, but at least we're exposing the problem and we're saying it's here. We're exposing the biblical mandates and then we're hoping, yes. we're hoping that it falls on the seed falls on fertile ground and that there are leaders who will say, I, I want to do better. There are some leaders that recognize that abuse is in their church. They just don't know where to begin with it. Yes. And that's where a ministry like called to peace would be helpful because they actually do church training. Yes. Yeah. And there are, there, like we said earlier, there are resources out there. There many, are many ministries really resources. that are helping yes. and walking beside handholding, if you will, until, until leaders feel more confident about working through these things. So, wow, this book is so good. I can't wait to get the real thing in my hand. The Kindle was fun to have there at the beginning because I wanted to know what it was all about, but I, I am a actual have it in my hand kind of a girl. And um, yeah, so the second half is about your emotions. And that is the part of the book that I get the most letters about. Wow. When people write to me, they're usually writing to me about the emotions section like, oh, this was so helpful. So I'm looking forward so, to talking about yeah, that. <laughs> we, will, we will look at some dates and have you back in in the new year. I cannot believe how close we are to the new year. Huh. And, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, just to get us um, to the place where we understand the biblical um, scriptures and the context around our words and the things that have been used and twisted to beat us up and to gag yes. us and to make us think that we are sinning just because we're talking about someone who sinned against us. Like that right. needs to stop. That needs to stop. Yes. And like I said, I still shake and tremble a little bit when I sit or share my story, like, mm. you know, who's going to come after me and is God going to strike me with a lightning bolt. And that's not, that's not my God. That's not my father. That's right. That's right. And he is very concerned about the things that people have experienced, the abuses, not the person yes. who's coming and saying this abuse was wrong. So Right. Thank you for giving us clarity in those realms and uh, tell us where we can find you and the World Wide Web. Thank you. I will tell you that. I just want to say something about the title of the book, Untwisting Scriptures that were used to tie you up. That means keep you from moving, keep you immobile. Mm. Untwisting scriptures that were used to gag you. That mm. means to keep you from speaking. Mm -hmm. And untwisting scriptures that were used to tangle your mind. That mm. means to keep you confused. So mm. you can't move, you can't speak, and you're confused. This wow. is all part of the moral injury that has been inflicted on abuse victims and abuse survivors that they are confused about who God is and whether he is against them. It feels mm. like he's against them. And my passion is to show them, no, God is not against you. He is That's for right. you. That's right. That's so this is, this is the heart and passion behind my writing. 
My books are on Amazon. You can also find me at heresthejoy.com. My books are also there. One of my books is on audio. If you buy it off my website, it is, I get a little bit higher commission for it. And okay. Good I am about, someone has, has requested that I do an audio of book number three. She actually said she wanted both books one and three on audio. So I'm hoping to do book number three on audio very soon, get it up on both SoundWise and Audible. Hopefully. Oh, wow. That, that's amazing. Because when I did a poll in my group, I realized that a lot of people are like me and hearing it is easier for their trauma brains than sitting yes. down and reading it. So that will be really beneficial. So number two is available okay. on audio, but okay. book number three is not yet, but I'm hoping, planning to get it up as soon as I can squeeze it into my schedule. Wow, that's amazing. <laughs> that's so exciting. So, yes. well, thank you so much for your time and for your passion and your heart, your empathy, your compassion for um, the dear, dear ones who have been wounded, especially, especially by the church. So um, we just, we appreciate you. We are grateful for you. I just was in a group this morning and someone referenced you and the work you do. Just know that what you do is far reaching to a point that you probably will not even know the impact until you get to heaven one day. Oh, praise God. And thank so you, thank you. Thank you for just loving people so well and um, also just loving God so well and his word so well that you want people to know what he really meant. Yes. yes. Thank you, Heather. It is a privilege to come on your podcast with you. Um, I appreciate, I appreciate it. you. I appreciate you. And to all of our listeners, as always, ladies, you are welcome to join us on Facebook at Held and Healed Christian Women Rebuilding After Abuse. You are also welcome to check out the link for registration for the first annual Safer Spaces Summit. I am calling it safer instead of safe for a reason. I'm very intentional. Until we get to heaven, I don't think we can promise anybody that any space is 100% safe. So mm -hmm. I added the R to the end, Safer Spaces Summit, because we want to make our faith communities, our churches, our homes, those places safer. So I will drop those links in the show notes and praying for you to feel held today, even as you are being healed. Blessings. Mm -hmm.